Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back in Julie Harris. It is October the 5th. Yes, indeed. And for all of you guys in and around the Miami-Dade County area, please do come see Julie and I. We are speaking for an hour or so on Thursday at a Montiel organization event, which is taking place. At the Marriott at the Miami Airport. There you go. I think it's actually called the Marriott Miami Airport or something like that. So, yes, and this is Real Estate Coaching Radio. And yes. you're talking about C5 is Orlando's uh, event. I right. So if you got, I know some people are flying in uh, to visit with us, but it'll be great to see as many of you as possible. So if you're in that Miami area, I'm not, this isn't our event. Julie and I are just going there um, as guests and we're going to be doing a little bit of speaking on stage, but that's going to be the extent of it. So this is not our event. If you want to attend, uh, then obviously go to, I think probably if you just Google C5 or Montiel organization, you can figure it out from there. In the meanwhile, we are picking up where we left off yesterday. And yesterday, we were talking about how to end the feeling of overwhelm once and for all. And there was actually a lot of nice compliments on uh, yes. comments on this particular topic. Well, you know, it does happen now and then in the real estate world that you feel overwhelmed. Well, and one in particular um, was commenting on the fact that they don't like to admit that they feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to, like, even use that word associated with them. And that when I was explaining from my own perspective, really from our perspectives, that we feel the same way. We don't like to say we sure. feel overwhelmed. We like to believe that we have some unlimited capacity for more and more and more work, right? right. And I strong mean, mindsets and the ability to power through. And, you know, you don't want to feel like you're weak because you're feeling overwhelmed. Totally. And we can. And we yeah, have. Sure. But at a, a cost, uh, because the work product that we produce as a result of working when we should have been uh, having, had we taken a break, what we uh, would have produced would have been so much better. That's right. And proof of that is for our listeners, think about when you guys even take a three-day weekend. And we've got a three-day weekend coming up, so it's a good excuse to do mm -hmm. that. But when you come back, even from a staycation or some kind of a break, even if it's not a huge one, aren't you always like 100% better at work when you come back? I mean, I have coaching clients tell me all the time, oh, no, I don't, you know, I'll take a break next year. And I'll give them homework that, because I can tell after talking to them, and you can too, especially the ones we know the best. And their homework will be to take a three-day weekend to refill the cup. And, and I'll say, you know, just look at it as your work homeworks because you're going to be better when you come back. So I received another message from somebody, and, and uh, I think this was actually – I don't remember the exact – I should have saved it so I could have read it to all of you guys. It was a text. And by the way, I always read your texts. If you guys want to text me any feedback or suggestions, this is my cell phone. Don't call because I will not answer, but you can text me. 512-758-0206. So another text I asked, oh, I'm sorry, where someone was asking about the idea that, you know, they were a Midwesterner. I'm mm -hmm. trying to remember as much detail I, as I can. Mm -hmm. But the gist of it was is they know that their market slows down dramatically when it starts to get colder. And they realize that they have to work when they don't want to work. In other words, they do have to work when they're feeling overwhelmed because they have essentially what they perceive to be a very short window to get the most activity out yeah, of the real estate the practice. the weather clock is ticking. And you know what? They're right. And yes. that is true. And sometimes you do basically have to push through. 
and work when you'd rather not work. That is one of the rules in Harris rules. Do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. But you can still take little mini breaks. And that's what we were talking about yesterday with listening to different books, listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, purging all forms of media. So if you can't physically remove yourself from an actual work activity, you can remove from your mind and from your life things that are actually causing you to feel more overwhelmed. And sometimes what you'll discover is when, well, it's like yesterday, I was laughing. Um, you know, Facebook and Instagram went down, you know, and all these other work or these Facebook products and other than workplace, because we use workplace for our uh, business. But I was kind of grateful it was gone. I I mean, it was an interesting uh, mixture of emotions, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, because we did feel it with workplace because there were things that for a while we couldn't communicate with people we wanted to. But, you know, you can always pick up the phone. Right. Um, or text. Or text. You know, that stuff still works. But then it was like, gosh, I got so much done yesterday. I started a whole new podcast. Right. I did all, I mean, and I heard it from a lot of our staff too, like all the cool stuff they were getting done. Trevor got a bunch of stuff done. And then I had uh, people, some of our coaching clients and our, our uh, EXP family texting me saying, oh, my gosh, I never realized how much time wasting I was doing, even though I thought I was in control of that. Well, so that goes to the first point that we talked about with media regards free. to being media free. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you're consuming all this media? Just think of your uh, mind as a, a cup, right? And there's only so much you can put in that cup every single day. And if you're constantly filling that cup with things that are not necessarily congruent with what your long-term goals are, uh, the little bit that's left is not going to uh, – that you do put in that cup that is going to be essentially you focusing on um, helping people, being of service to others, you know, calling – you know, soliciting folks for the sake of listing your houses and the rest of it. There's just not going to be that much motivation and energy left over because you've been filling that cup with so many other time-wasting and really, I think, energy-depleting activities. So oftentimes what you'll discover is if you do start peeling back the layers of the onion on why you're not feeling motivated or why you're essentially feeling burned out, it almost always is because you're allowing too many conflicting messages in your head that are distracting you from what your true mission is. And in your heart, you know those things are pulling away from your true mission. Um, and that's why you're feeling burned out because you think you're supposed to be all over Facebook. You think you're supposed to be doing all these yeah. other silly activities. And it's habitual. You don't even it realize is. you're doing totally, it. It is, totally, completely. Yesterday was proof of that. Yeah, and it was great. I, I mean, other than like Workplace, in case you guys don't know, Workplace is essentially um, Facebook's commercial version of Facebook. So it's called Workplace by Facebook. And it actually, Workplace by Facebook is pretty damn fantastic, it I have is. to say. It all the time. Yeah, because there's no commercial garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. And it's controllable by you. It's only who you let in. It's business-oriented. Right. It's not polluted with a bunch of garbage. You control the algorithm on Workplace as the um, license holder to determine what the conversations, like what, what the, you know, the, essentially the, the boundaries of conversations are and any certain keywords that come up. If someone's saying something like in our coaching organization, I think we have between 30 and 40 people that are in our workplace. And if anything comes up that's even remotely political, it automatically goes into a, spe- a specific file that has to be then approved by one of our admins. So essentially we've trained our staff never to have conversations that are political or just anything other than just focusing on work oriented. work oriented and doing what's best for our clients, which are all of you guys. And maybe that's something that all of you should think about employing in your own lives. And here's another thing that was fascinating too. I'm just remembering these texts I got yesterday. Uh, someone was saying how they did finally understand, this is me summarizing what they said, mm-hmm. what the importance of being, being media free. And th- we then went back and forth and they were saying they can't believe now that they've been removed from it for a day forcibly how much negative garbage they were reading on Facebook, to which I told them, 
uh, which they did not know, that they were the ones that essentially were telling Facebook's algorithm yes. to feed them the negative information. So the negative information doesn't just uh, appear in your Instagram, Facebook feed. It appears because the algorithm is watching you, knowing the AI is watching you, knowing that you read that post, you liked that post, you interacted with that content. And if you're interacting with content that's salacious, that's gossipy, that's anti-motivational, it's going to give you more of it. So if you don't like what you're getting from social, it's because what you're interacting with. So if you stopped interacting with yeah. it, then you would stop getting uh, so much of it. Like I look at ours and we hardly get any of that garbage. None yeah, of it. You can't do so. I mean, the ideal thing is to not even be on there and not, you know, subject yourself to that. But in reality, by looking at your friends' pages and different things like that, you're going to click on things now and then out of curiosity. But if you look at those little dots there, you can click on it. It'll give you options. I don't want to see anything like this again. Right. If you wander into something that, you know, you think to yourself, gosh, I don't want to be bombarded with this well, kind of crap. Well, uh, we have a shared Instagram yep. account. And when we, if I, if I see anybody posting anything that's mm -hmm. even remotely like they're trying to just trigger somebody or they're right. trying to be virtue signaling or whatever it is, I don't just, I completely remove them. Yes. <laughs> I boot the friend or boot the, the follow. I just don't yeah, want them. Vote them off the island. I don't want them in our lives. Exactly. Because that's But not, the point is that you do have some control over that as long as you're thinking of it and you take back control of it. So yesterday was proof for those of you who are forcibly removed from uh, the, you know, 60% of all internet traffic. That's incredible. Go is basically a, a Facebook asset, Instagram, WhatsApp, you know, obviously Facebook workplace. That's incredible. 60% of all traffic mm -hmm. uh, for all humans on planet earth are is spent basically, you know, pissing around on Facebook. It's incredible. It is. And to remove that, I bet you <laughs> <laughs> there probably was a productivity surge yesterday I know, yeah. across the planet. I'm, yeah. I bet somebody will study that. Well, so speaking of our podcast. What point we, are we on? Well, yesterday we did one through four. And four, five, six, and seven kind of go without saying, but you've got to really take each one of them seriously. Yesterday we talked about number four, get more sleep. We recommended the book, Why We Sleep, Unlock Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by Dr. Matthew Walker. He's I think he's done some podcasts on that as well. He has. Um, so that's definitely worth studying and embracing. So point number five, cut the booze, limit the caffeine. Cut back or eliminate entirely. And I'm sure we could throw some other uh, recreational things into that category uh, <laughs> that I always forget to mention. But cut back or eliminate entirely. Are you constantly modifying to be up or down? See the next point. Point number six. But that is kind of an interesting thing, though, yeah. right? Now, like artificially modifying how you feel. I'm a caffeine advocate, yes. but I do, I, I can't necessarily say I'm all that conscientious of how much I intake, but I am conscientious of how late in the day I have it. That's true. And right. I can, I can tell I'm a caffeine fan too, but I can tell by how quickly you talk sometimes about midday. So yeah, I mean, know, know what your limits are obviously and modulate as uh, effective well, for you. To that point though, it's, it's interesting. If I've had too much caffeine, mm -hmm. I have a energy slump midday. Right, it actually works against you it eventually. Does. Your body basically, yeah. you, you've, I've stimulated my brain to work at a faster pace mm -hmm. so I can you know, get through my work part of the day. And then my brain's saying, oh, not so fast. Now you're going to pay the price. And then I'm low and energy. That's it. So just, again, yeah. that's a sign to me when I've been drinking too much caffeine in the morning. Yes. So point number six, also related, add water. Studies have shown that you often feel exhausted or depressed when you're actually just dehydrated. Consider using what we put in our water when we go on our walks. It's called hydration multiplier powder. 
from Costco or Amazon. I think you can get it both places. Do you remember who told us about that? Our doctor did. No. I think. Well, he mentioned it. But Brendan. Brendan oh, Bichard. Brendan Bichard did. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's our neighbor. Brendan Bichard yeah. told us about that. Well, th- it's kind of cool stuff. So you can drink, like, I mean, you should still be drinking a good amount of water, but you add this powder, which doesn't taste that bad. It, it's actually pretty decent, I yeah. think. And I'm pretty critical of those add-ons. Um, and it makes your hydration, it says what it says, hydration multiplier. You get more out of the water that you're putting in yourself. It doesn't go through you as fast, basically. Yeah. Um, and that is, but so it's m- cool. water, though, more than that, though. You mentioned exhausted or depressed. That's really true. But lightheaded, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, you could just be dehydrated. Right. Uh, inability to concentrate. Mm-hmm. And if you work out a lot, like Julie and I have our blood work done usually twice a year, just no particular reason other than it's just something we do. And I remember the last time we had our blood work, our doctor told us that we're both obviously working out a lot and not drinking enough water. And he then essentially put us on a prescription of having uh, more, water. more water. But he told us how much he wanted us to drink uh, per day. It's like way more than you think. It was probably like four times as much as what yeah. we've been drinking. Yes. And so that's something that you do have to make. I mean, I felt like I was having enough water, but apparently not. So, you know, carry it around all the time. Go on your trips, especially if you're working out. So uh, let's see. Point number seven, exercise. Of course, this goes hand in hand with our other points. Do it regularly, but do it socially. It's good for your body and for your business. Consider Orange Theory Fitness. We talk about that all the time. A regular yoga or Pilates class, spin class, boot camp, organized hikes. Have a trainer who knows everyone. They're Trainers who are very social are awesome for your center of influence while you are working out. So you're kind of doing two things at once. Makes We've sense? talked about this endlessly, but we have All to time. remember that sometimes people are listening to us for the first new time. To us. Right. So this is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents to have it over you know, we've had well over twenty million downloads. But the reality of it is that some of you are listening to us for the first time. So let's drill down on this point. Exercise aside, because this is real estate coaching radio and we're here to show you guys how to, you know, get into the action, helping people making money selling real estate. If you join gyms, for example, Julie mentioned Orange Theory, there could be like a Pilates yoga class, things like that. If you do stuff like that and you do it habitually on schedule, you're going to pick up so much business out of those that you won't even believe it. Right. And so one of the, and we've had coaching clients do this. We've had them message us, right? But one of the best things you can do is go every day of the week, seven days of the week, schedule it out, figure it out. Don't do solo exercising. Don't go on a run by yourself. Well, if you have the option, if you, you have should no, do both if you can. If you have no other option because you're isolated and you're in the middle of nowhere and there is no gym nearby and your option is exercise or no sure. exercise, do exercise. But so that aside, most of you are going to have accessible to you an Orange Theory or now why that environment? Because you show up and the way that they've got it set up is perfect. You're forced to basically when you get there, interact with other people because you have to wait in the staging room in essence. And then what happens is you all go and they split the, the class and then you go and you do your exercise thing and it lasts an hour. But in the, um, in the process of going through that whole experience, you, if you work out hard enough, you release endorphins. And there's a lot of uh, science that's proven that when you're, you're going through an endorphin release, you have a tendency to just not only feel better, but bond faster. And if you're with somebody else who's also experiencing something very similar, you're going to make some of the best friends as fast as you possibly can. And everyone's going to be essentially celebrating the victories of having just run your you know seven-minute mile or whatever it is. That, those environments, when you per- fully participate, are magical for making friends and also making a lot of incredible real estate contacts. When Julie and I were in uh, Georgetown, Texas, a little bit north of Austin, and we went to Orange Theory practically every day, uh, when we went, we did not, we were not selling real estate. We hadn't, you know, we've been not selling real estate for a long time. 
but we would uh, talk about real estate and we would generate a lot of real estate uh, leads and we would refer those real estate leads off to the folks in Austin that we knew. We probably referred out 20 or 30 different real estate transactions while we were there. And by the way, we did most of those without a referral fee too. We just gave those referrals away to our coaching clients. So that's, you know, those And, and that's, us, that's us going as real estate coaches. That's not even going yeah. as our listeners. We're not going there to solicit business. That's right. Right. Exactly. We just went there and had conversations. Well, and we then, use the Ford script, family, right. occupation, recreation, dreams. Some, you know, you're going to naturally talk about real estate. We had a real estate conversation this morning. We did. You know, yeah, it but, just happens. But he doesn't even know what he, we do for a living. I he know. brought it up. That's right. That, that's, the, that's the thing is when you're there and then they realize that you have fluidity in your ability to converse about local real estate markets. Trust me when I tell you, you're going to be the most popular person at the Orange Theory. The go-to person. Right. So what we suggest is you mix it up. So you might do Monday, Wednesday, Friday at Orange Theory. You might be doing Tuesday or Thursday. You could still go to Orange Theory, but go to a different class. So, for example, mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is going to be Orange Theory at 9 a.m. Uh, adjust accordingly. And Tuesday and Thursday, you're going to go to Orange Theory at 4 p.m. But you've got to do it habitually. You've got to do it every single Let time. Let people get to know you. That's why. Because you're going to make a lot of lot, uh, tons and tons of friends. You're going to get to know different coaches. One of the coaches, actually, now I'm thinking about it, we were um, at Orange Theory. He uh, bought a house from yeah. somebody we referred right. him to. Right. And That's so th- this type of thing. Now, if, uh, if you want to mix it up, then you could do other things. But there are certain um, organized, um, you know, things like Orange Theory that are not conducive to basically bonding with other people because they're more isolated. And some things like yoga, for example, or, you know, sometimes Pilates, generally speaking, people sort of go in there. It depends on the class and they don't really talk yeah. with each other. It's not a, it's not a bondy type environment. There's sort of this unwritten rule that you're supposed to walk yeah. around like you're a monk. I or know. Some well, silliness. you have to try some stuff out and, you know, then get into your groove. And it'll gel. But the point is to do it and do it regularly because it's good for your body, but it's also good for your business. So point number eight, again, we're getting you out of feeling overwhelmed. Now, point number eight, make a list of 10, maybe even just five short-term, easy-to-accomplish goals. These could be things as simple as getting your hair cut, getting new glasses, having coffee with your best friend. Go to meetup.com and try out three new events. Orange Theory might be one of them, for example. But make some easy-to-accomplish goals. The reason that this point works to get you out of overwhelm is because so much in real estate feels like work, 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 work. Where are my results? Work, work, work. I made a bunch of calls. Where are my appointments? All the time you feel like you're out of control, which makes you then translate that into feeling overwhelmed. When you have short-term, easy-to-accomplish goals, you have that sense of effort equals results. I actually got something done today. Well, Understand what Julie just said. You might have a long span of work, 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 not feeling like you're getting enough results. And But if you're you know, drinking too much coffee, drinking too much alcohol, or smoking too much dope, which is what she was alluding to earlier, or however you kids consume that stuff, right? <laughs> right. And, and you know, you're not getting enough sleep, and you're consuming your mind full of – or filling your mind full of a bunch of – you're then garbage, basically, from social media and the news. Then the work, work, work is going to be very frustrating, unfulfilling – soul sapping. But if you're not uh, essentially abusing yourself and you're doing the work, the work itself makes you feel like you're building momentum because of the fact you see yourself doing something you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level and you haven't depleted your energy sources. Matter of fact, if if you've removed media, if you're working out, Mm -hmm. if you're not uh, staying up too late and getting enough sleep, if you're not drinking too much alcohol, then the work itself, actually you can take the the effort you're getting starts to happen more effortlessly because you're more present with the work and you're more present when when you're on the phone with somebody. You're more effective ultimately. 
And that's what I was trying to explain earlier, right? So it's one thing to push through the work and do the work and put in the time. Uh, but it's another thing to be able to do it at the highest level, thus the third right. part of that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, do it, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. If you're doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, but you're not getting results, it might just be because you need to start eliminating or pruning from your life some of these previous points that Julie and I have made. That's exactly it. So point number nine, I believe, brain dump every evening before you go to bed. That sounds gross, doesn't it? But uh, keep, what does that even mean? Keep a legal pad nearby and make this a habit. Get everything out of your head and prioritize what is mission critical versus just a bunch of clutter and worry. And you can put next to the, those points, do it, ditch it, or delegate it, right? So as you mentioned on a previous podcast, there's stuff on your brain dump list that's just kind of lingering in there. You know you're never going to do it. You know it's not that important. Just cross it off. You it's okay to delete it. We've done a podcast on the brain dump, so you guys just go back yeah. and go to timandjulieharris.com. And <laughs> it is gross. We need to think of no ways here. <laughs> and go to the search thing and just put in brain dump. Or you can just, you know, you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and the show's on Spotify. It's on Amazon. Every single podcasting app you can imagine this show is. But I'm not sure how much content you're going to find. But if you go to timandjulieharris.com, and you do a search on there, you will not only hear the podcast, but you also get our notes that we use for the podcast. But the concept is just like what Julie said. If you're feeling overwhelmed, write, get, you know, get a bunch of paper because you're going to be surprised how much comes out of your head and start writing things down and never try to stop. It personal, business, does not matter. Every single thing that you're worried about, write every single thing down. Anything, any random thoughts that pop in your head, write them all down. By doing that, it's very cathartic. You, you know, brain dump, right? You're getting all of that clutter out of your mind. All Making those, some space. All those loose frags. And then what you're going to go through, and you're going to look at the list, and you're going to realize, uh, you know, make a list. Do it, delegate it, or ditch it. And if you're going to stick, if it's going to stay on your list and it becomes a do it, then what Julie and I do is then we, and we have dry erase boards for this, as we prescribed to you guys in the Real Estate Treasure Map. We have a dry erase board, and we divide it into personal, business, and we have some other complexities of our life, too, that we have separate categories for. And then we'll prioritize then what goes under what of those particular categories. That's how we do it. And so we take our big brain dump lists and we make them into other lists. And then when, we, when those other lists are on the board, then we decide, if Julie going to do it? Am I going to do it? Usually we have somebody on our staff that can do it. So we'll delegate to that person. And that's how we go about making it so that we can get more done faster at a higher level without feeling burned out. You guys should adopt something very similar. Some of you already have, and I'm suggesting you take it to the next level and formalize it. By the way, if you have not completed your real estate treasure map, which is point number 10, by the way. Actually, Julie, go ahead. Read number okay, 10. You always read my mind. Okay. Uh, point number 10, complete your real estate treasure map and know your magic number. This will give you a sense of control. Remember, our topic is getting you back into control in a business which is constantly trying to control you. Then actually achieve the magic number. That's the most important part. Okay, so I was I had a call yesterday mm -hmm. with a, a gal um, that was interested in joining our EXP group. Mm -hmm. I had several like that yesterday. And she uh, was um, a newish agent. She was re-engaging, basically, in real estate. And she was very overwhelmed because she'd been listening to uh, someone telling her to build social networking, build a team, work on her brand, all these normal things that mm -hmm. you and I kind of poke fun sure. at as being uh, very um, she elegant. swimming in the quagmire. She, exactly. So she had no sense of direction and she was frustrated. Should I join a team? Should I start a team? Mm -hmm. So I just asked her this question. And these are the questions. This gets to the essence of the treasure map. And this gets to the essence of the true elegance of real estate if you allow yourself to experience this. 
we have long ago created this very simple business plan called the Real Estate Treasure Map. And we'll give it to you for free. All you have to do is text the word Harris to 47372. Just text the word Harris to 47372. And what, so the essence of the treasure map is figuring out what all your business and personal expenses are, but then you're going to say, okay, now I know what these are. When am I supposed to do with it? The real estate treasure map then is going to have you go through figuring out what your magic number is. And her, in the example I gave her, actually I did this twice. I did this on a podcast, another person's podcast yesterday mm, for the cool. Ohio Association of Realtors. Oh, yeah. And the gal was interviewing me. She didn't have a real estate license, but she was, you know, she actually was in charge of social media and whatnot. Mm. So I could tell when I started talking to her about this, how to set aside the social media stuff because it's really a distraction. And here's how I explained it to her. I said, if there's not a direct, if you cannot 100% say there's a direct relationship of direct correlation between the effort you're thinking about making and, and shorter term results, 90 days or less results that result in you helping somebody and making money, don't do it. Perfect. Right? Yeah. That's it. Keep it simple. Make If you cannot say this effort is going to, within 90 days or less, result in me having helped somebody and me having made money, then don't do it. I don't know how else to say yeah, it other than that. Your answer can't be, well, I hope it works. Right. And so then she said, obviously, she was a, you know, she was 30. She was the social media person for Ohio Association of Rollers. Super nice gal. And then I said, this is why. It, because in, in Columbus, Ohio, where Julie and I used to sell real estate, which, by the way, she didn't know when we podcast started, That's which funny. is kind of funny. Yeah, so she then um, – I asked her, what's the average sale price in Columbus? It was three hundred fifty grand. So I said, can we safely say that the average commission is going to be $10,000? She said, yes. I said, so this is what you're going to do. An agent would complete the real estate treasure map. The agent then would know what their business personal overhead is. They'd know what all their you know expenses are every single month, including savings and taxes and debt retirement and all that. And then they would divide that in Columbus, Ohio, by $10,000. And that would tell them how many units they had to sell every every single month to it, you know, hit all those check marks as far as financial goals, obligations, all the rest of it. And so we we're going through this exercise. And having done this with millions of people, basically, if you're in the Midwest, your average is going to be around $7,500 a month. If you're on the one co- uh, on either coast, depending on where you are in California or New York, it could be substantially more. But let's stick with $7,500. So I showed her that by having uh, essentially one listing sell per month that she would easily exceed all her financial needs and all the other stuff that she thought was important had she decided to form a real estate, get into real estate uh, were, was really not even necessary. Frankly, you could sure. just skip it. And here's how she would do it. This is the prescription I gave to her similar to this other person I talked with as well. Um, list three houses, always have three houses. And that was for her. And then the other one, because the average sale price was lower, have five listings at all times, right? So if this, I'll just stay with the Ohio Association of Roller Gal. So if she had three listings at all times in Columbus, Ohio, easily one of them will be in contract at all times. And easily that one in contract will be worth $10,000. But you have to lather, rinse, repeat. You have to replace it as it sells, which is why the number is three and not one. Exactly. If you, and this is how most agents do it, right? They'll go from deal to deal, especially now that the average They'll go to buyer deal to buyer deal. That's right. And so that's what causes feast and famine. When you're listing dependent and when you have more listings than you need to sell per month, you are virtually guaranteed to do what you need to do per month. What we teach you in our coaching program, guys, is how to be prominent, primarily, I should say, is how to be listing agents. We teach you how to work with buyers and form a team and marketing, all the rest of it. But the first thing, and maybe the last thing all of you should do, is focus on how to be a listing agent. Be a listing agent, given the numbers I was just giving you. We would teach her how to have the skills to consistently generate a listing or two per month as the other ones that she had in inventory were to sell. So her entire work life would have been all revolving around 
keeping her inventory at three constantly. And all this other stuff that she thought was important wasn't important. And the reason you guys are constantly looking for motivation is because the things that you're doing don't work and you think it's your fault. You Which think is it's demotivational. Exactly. You think it's you think you're lacking motivation, but what you're really lacking is putting your effort towards the things that are going to get you the results the quickest. Remember, if there's not a direct obvious correlation between uh, point A and point B, and point A and point B have to essentially no transpire within 90 days, then you should not do it. Um, and if you're going to move away from that and you're going to start thinking about, well, passive lead generation, buying leads, building a team, working on my brand, working on my websites, my logos and all the rest of it, what you're doing is you're actually going to frustrate yourself and cause yourself to most likely burn out and go broke because you are not focusing on the actual activities that are going to result in an actual paycheck. You're, fo- you're doing work theater. You're not doing real work. There's no way any of you listening right now, I know some of you are going to be offended because you guys think social networking is like a religion. But the reality of it is that social networking has its place. We talked about this on the podcast mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. But it should not be what you expect to uh, create consistent lead sources for you or you're going to go broke. And if you're believing that, chances are you're suffering financially. So here's where my conversation went with both these gals. The essence of it was learn to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. She, One of them said, well, then how am I going to go about getting these listings? I say, <laughs> you know, I was trying not to be a smart ass, but I said, did you look in the MLS uh, on October 1st to see how many expireds there were in your particular market? And she kind of alluded that she did, but I could tell by what she said she hadn't. I said, so I'm going to ask you to do that. And I want you to look back to essentially – the end of, um, or let's say the beginning of fourth quarter of the prior year. And I want you to count how many expireds there were. And then I want you to tell me how many of those expireds actually got relisted and sold. And what you'll determine is 90% plus of all expireds get relisted and sold within the first six, or basically within six months of them originally expiring. In other words, expireds, just expireds. If all they were do is just become the absolute expert on working with expireds, Easily they could have three or five listings consistently every single yes. month. And there's 20 other sources of leads we teach you to go after that. And ideally but- you're working more than one source so that you have your bases covered. And so- why don't you do it? Why wouldn't she do it? And this is the you know coaching session I had with these They want to make two. it too hard. Well, it's they want to make it too hard, but they don't want to do things that might reject result in rejection. Sure. Even That's though what it's it massively more efficient. Right. That's what it is. They don't have the skill set and they're living in fear of rejection mm-hmm. and all these ego type things. With, they're not focusing on being of service to other people, helping that expired sell their house, which will result in them obviously making money. Absolutely. And it's, there's something truly bizarre about humans. It's not just realtors, but humans that we mm-hmm. love to make things more complicated than they have to I be. I know. It's so true. Well, why is that? I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely – I see it – what was I doing? I was doing math homework with Zoe yesterday, and she was overcomplicating it. She was, like, moving the numbers around where they didn't go, and, and, and we read the directions. We're like, we are making this too hard. All you have to do is A, B, and C. So I think you're right that it's human nature that people want things to be too hard. And I think that maybe that's a little bit of ego, a little bit of procrastination, somewhat, sometimes ignorance and confusion because they're thrown so many things at them with email and texting. Well, I think that's it right there. It's, yeah. it's, it goes back to our first point. They're, in, they're, they're consuming too much media 
mm-hmm. which is telling, giving them conflicting messages, and it's and they're doing it voluntarily at this point. And as a result of that, they're never mm-hmm. actually taking any action. Well, what if Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp had stayed down? Where would you get your uh, alleged business then, right? You, you You'd know, have to talk to people. But think about that just for a second. Uh-huh. What if all those social networks were down and never came back? Yeah. How much of this perception of social turmoil and all these, you know, people at each other's throats, mm-hmm. at least on social, how much of that would go away? All of it. All of it. Instantly. It would. I know. And then we'd all breathe a sigh of relief and we'd have to uh, drill down and get to work again. Yeah. But that's the, the, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff. It's and interesting, I, I think. I, I don't think mm-hmm. uh, Mark Zuckerberg is benevolent. I don't think social media in itself is evil. Not at all. No. It's fantastic when you use it correctly. Sure. But if you are somebody who's going there to consume content, which is benevolent, mm-hmm. you're going to get more benevolence. Sure. And of course, if you don't believe tomorrow is going to be better than today, you're not going to be taking the actions today to make tomorrow better than today. You're going to be doing the exact opposite. And that's what a lot of you guys have been doing. And that's a lot of you're living in these worlds that are sort of these downward spinning spirals without really knowing it. And it's become normalized because everyone else around you does the same thing. Remember, guys, the highest and truest purpose of all of us on this planet is being of service to other people. And it's really critical that you remove yourself from as much of anyone, anything that's going to slow you down, that's going to impede your forward momentum. That's counter to what you're trying to accomplish. Which is, you know, obviously making money, but doing so through providing superior service that other people are willing to pay for. And that comes from having the skill set. And I get it, guys. You're probably discovering us for the first time. Some of you, maybe you've listened to us for years, and we're finally beginning to penetrate your minds, and you guys are realizing what we've been saying to you is the truth, and you've been up and down a million different mountains, tried a million different things. Look, guys, this is the simplest, most beautiful, elegant, incredible business, this selling real estate. It truly is. Or it could be an absolute hellscape. I know, but it's up to you. That's why we bring you these points to work on, you know, so that you can actually do something about it. So, guys, we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. Please do consider joining us in Miami if you're going to be in the area. And, again, we're going to be staying at the Uh, Marriott Miami Airport. (laughs) Which does not honestly sound that great. (laughs) Well, it is convenient. Yeah, it's convenient. We're only going to be in there for a day and then we're going to leave. Well, it's a Marriott. It won't be that bad. Yeah. Well, you never know. It's not like a Motel 6 or something. We stayed in how many hotels in the last We would know. Yeah, well, yeah. over 40. It's about 40. middle of the road, yeah. Right, a name doesn't necessarily give you anything. I mean, that's what we discovered. Um, so in the meantime, guys, your homework is obviously to consider purchasing Harris Rules. It's on Amazon and every major book uh, seller. Close to or over 500 five-star reviews. I haven't actually looked in a bit. And uh, and consider also joining our coaching program. One of you, or I'm sorry, the easiest way for you guys to get to the front of the line is just to go to timandjulieharris.com, uh, click on coaching, and then click on premier coaching. You can join for around $100 a month. You can do that now. Uh, and also, premier coaching members, we are in the midst of upgrading premier coaching. It, you're going to hear more about this on the platform. It will not cost you any additional money. You have, uh, you're going to have access to the full suite. Now, we are going to uh, change the names of the products. We're upgrading everything. That's going to happen hopefully within the next couple of weeks. And once that does happen, we will be raising the price. So for those of you who are interested in joining Premier Coaching, do that now. you got the, all the current benefits and obviously the additional benefits of the upgrade. And that does include, it does include a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our coaches. So do consider Premier Coaching. It's the next natural step for all of you, especially in fourth quarter. In the meantime, Julie and I will talk with all of you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.